0: This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the Performing Arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Art Center on iTunes and subscribe for free.
1: Welcome back to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this second of three episodes, Akwam Khan explains his fascination with learning about the science of movement while at university, the development of his signature style, and his earliest dance creations. He then comments on some of his work relationships and creative collaborations.
2: So there you are in Leicester, and is that Michael Jackson phase over still in your body? Is there? Did, did you stand in front of that video trying to imitate that? And,
3: when I was young, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that must
2: be also very counterpoint to Kathak work. So you're, I'm just Im- imagining you arriving in Leicester with your mind being blown by these videos you're seeing, and your body being open to so many new influences. Yeah,
3: I, I think it was. It went through um, a real sense of um, overdrive you know uh, uh, and i was just a sponge i was absorbing every day was f- an a wonderful experience of doing contemporary dance because what was interesting about the the body is it wasn't it wasn't the mind it wasn't my mind um i never came up with the idea oh i want to confuse the two i want to put the two together the two worlds well, the body was making its own decisions and it was doing it and it was finding similarities it was finding contradictions and it found the contradictions interesting And actually, it's the contradictions that most fascinate me. It's the things that don't jar well, because in classical, it's about beauty. Mm -hmm. And even the ugly is beautiful. Um, You know, we have to interpret it in a beautiful way. So for me, the contemporary was kind of going against that grain. It was trying to show that actually the idiosyncrasies, the things that we hide on stage to show that we are effortless or we're like gods, is actually equally as powerful as being gods. You know the the human qualities, um, the flaws, and so that became very obvious to me because my body was not uh, um, natural for the Western movement. Uh, Western, it's not very close to the Western body. I'm not s- super flexible. I, I, I I'm not. I didn't have those um, natural ability physically. For contemporary or ballet, for sure, I was completely useless at ballet. So the 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 fact that I I was not good at it became my strength. That became my signature.
2: What about the um, issue of abstraction? Because it seems like up until this point, your dance is lar- even your theater work is largely connected to story, largely connected to theme. Even Michael Jackson, you know, as you yeah. said, the thriller, the story of that. And then I'm imagining you know having having knowing these university programs there's also this sense of of not being related to story in yeah. contemporary dance do you do you remember that question or that place? yes
3: very much i mean and and it stayed with me till um until Ma, mm. when i um, made the production of mine i think oh four oh five oh four i think uh, um i think what what was interesting was um there's the science laboratory that's what i discovered with contemporary dance and then there's this uh this the place of telling stories which could be spiritual which could be human you know and so the science laboratory uh is what the university kind of um uh, exposed me to uh which meant um uh deconstructing things uh, not always about telling stories um, but uh, searching for new ways of. Basically, I was researching vocabulary mm-hmm. up till that, you know, uh, up till about 05. Um, it was purely, mostly about, predominantly about movement and the science of that movement. It was really like a laboratory. Um, but I, it wasn't enough for me. And the f- funny thing I realized was even. I still like to feel like, you know, when we made this or when we, when we make itmoy, it's still a science lab. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, in the process, it has to step over, and we have to now um, uh, tell a story with it.
2: Do you do you remember in your first choreographies if there was that distinction for you that you wanted the movement to tell a story or you wanted the movement to be, you know, to be Cunningham-esque a, and movement for movement's sake?
3: No, I wanted to tell a story. It's just that I couldn't. I Why didn't couldn't know. You? I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the tools. I didn't. I didn't. You see, there's no. There's no. Jandalika is a very specific choreographer, um, but there was no role model for me, you know, um, uh, because there's nobody who's done it. There's nobody who's done it with contemporary. So who do you follow? There's no map. You know, with Alan Platel, the generation after him um, are also equally uh, talented and phenomenal, but Alan's already created the pathway for what is possible. And so then they've taken that and gone somewhere else with it you know but I there was nothing for me to take there was nobody who par, who carved the way for me so I didn't I was very lost so but I knew I wanted to tell stories but I didn't know how to so I just focused on the movement and I was fascinated. I've always been fascinated by patterns um but it, I was thinking more in the lines at that time of like Stravinsky mm. you know where patterns tell the story You don't literally tell the story, but let the patterns do the storytelling. And then it's up to the audience if they feel that, yes, these patterns are uh, reflecting a sense of um, danger or a a sense of uh, sacrifice coming or a sense of joy or a sense of spring. And so patterns became very fascinating for me. Gash was really the first kind of big full length piece that I did. It was like the kind of breakthrough piece, if, if anything, for the full length work that I did. Um, uh, you know, and, and that was with Anish Kapoor, the visual artist, and Nitin Soni and the composer, and that was really um, even there. The undercurrent there was a narrative. The thing is, it's not possible for someone not to tell a story. It, there is no such thing as abstract work.
2: Seriously, you don't think that you don't think that someone just can take an idea? Yeah. So, are you saying the idea becomes the story? Of course.
3: Yeah, the, th- the fact that you want to put it on stage is mean- means, to me, you're telling something. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to communicate something, you wouldn't put it on stage in front of people. Um, how narrative, how literal it is, is another question. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe, yes, there are less literal work, there are more ambiguous work. I think what dance, and that's what's so beautiful about dance, it has the possibility to be amb- extremely ambiguous, it has the possibility to be extremely literal.
2: I think it's still something that people struggle with sometimes with dance because the roadmap isn't always as literal. No, the roadmap exactly. isn't always as clear. Yeah, um, I've never felt that way in your work, though. I mean, even I was trying to remember, you know, you were first here, as I said, in 2001. Yeah. With, um, you had the film. Uh, was it called? Loose in Flight. Loose in Flight. Yeah. And you did um, the solo a that fix. we had seen yeah. at um, the British Dance Edition. Yeah. And you were in the studio in the small hall. Yeah. Um, and then you came back two years later with Cash in the medium hall. And then yeah. since, of course, I've brought a number of different works. And even that, I remember very clearly feeling that this was a new voice. Why was it a new voice? Not just because of the approach to movement, but because of... What you wanted to explore, yeah, and I think that that's what took people by storm. Absolutely, your your proficiency and your dynamism as a performer, mm. I think, really attracted people in the very beginning as well. Mm. But what what it, what you were trying to say? So at some point in this process, you turned a corner. You you had a sense of something that you wanted to say. Yes.
3: Yeah i th- I think I think it was um, it was. I, I suddenly sta- started to tap into everything that I was exposed to as a child. You know, I ran away from my childhood to university <laughs> to get away from my culture. Then at a certain point I turned back and said, actually, there's so much rich stuff, in if you turn back and look back at the Rabindranath Tagore about Hinduism, about Islam. So I started to draw in from more from my childhood and from what I was exposed to my culture then Um into my contemporary work the thing is I don't make um, uh, I make contemporary work but I draw in a lot from my katak experience as storytelling um some of especially patterns and um, the way of storytelling you know, it was funny. Um, Jonathan Burroughs is a very interesting choreographer. He was m- mentoring me at, uh, in the beginning of my career, and he said to me, um, "I was saying to him, uh, I don't know where the kathak is in this." And he says, "Well, the way you're looking at Gosh, the way you look at it is already kathak."
2: As a viewer, or you, as a co- yes, as a, creator?
3: As, a, as, as a creator, as a viewer, yes, the way me mm-hmm. Akram looks at the choreography, you can't take that classicalness out of it. There's something very, there's something very precise, very clean about it. Even your chaos is clean. Hmm. And um, so that was interesting because, mm. you know, there was this thing, whole thing of, um, you know, that I that I admired with Vin Ven, Van der Cabers, which was much more raw. Um, but then, you know, it's like Pina. For me, she has a classical eye.
2: Very much so. Yeah.
3: Uh, even the humanity is there, but there is and the rawness and the sense of fragility and. Um, the dirtiness can be there, but still it's in a, through a classical eye. There's in terms of its
2: structure, I think. Structure, yeah, yes. Yeah, very much so.
3: And that's how I perceived, uh, that's how. That's what Jonathan had pointed out. Mm. So up to that point, I mean, I, you know, I started, it was Jonathan who encouraged me, and of course my producer, Farouk, right. who's my literally right hand. Uh, we started the company together, Farouk and I.
2: Did you meet at Parts? No. No, where did you meet Farouk? In London. Farouk Chaudhry. Yeah.
3: Farooq Chaudhary, he, we met uh, in London um, through Jonathan.
2: Okay.
3: Jonathan said to me that there's this, oh, you must meet this um, young guy who's looking for a Kathak dancer or someone who does South Asian dance. He's just started managing. Why don't you meet him? And I was like, no, no, uh, I have a manager already. It's fine. And he was at the same time saying to Farooq, there's this young Kathak dancer who's working with us, but he's doing contemporary it's very interesting. You must meet him. So, um, he came and saw a piece that Jonathan and I did, a duet, for Kevin Volland's evening. It was a birthday party. Uh And actually, it was meant to be Russell, who did it with... um, Russell with Jonathan or Russell with... Jonathan. Okay. Russell Malafant. Russell Uh, Russell Malafant. And, um, uh, you know, the composer's birthday, you know, Kevin Volland, he wanted Russell. But Russell wasn't free, I think. And so... um, (laughs) Lucky for you. Lucky for me. Jonathan called me up and said, oh, look, why don't you come and do this thing? It's a duet. And we create it together. And... You know, I I can never um, pay enough respect to Jonathan to allow such a young... I wasn't even a choreographer then. I, I wasn't officially a choreographer. I'd never really, truly choreographed a piece. But yet he put me on his level and he said, let's choreograph together. You, you sh- Let me guide you and you guide me. So we started creating movement material together. And um, we did the show and that's where Farouk was. And then he said, look, I'd love to... M- m- be connected to you in some way you know i love cutback, and i've always wanted someone to do something with cutback. and i was a bit suspicious and then i said look why don't you come to bde british dance edition so at the end of that showing in british dance edition in newcastle it was a 10 minute solo i had loose in flight mm-hmm. um there was a queue of promoters so i turned to Fruk and i said what do you think and he goes let's do this and so i said okay so you you Take over. you the money. You talk to these. Moms. You talk to these I, n- I don't know what to talk to. I've never I've never talked about money. I've never talked about going to another country. I what's a company? I I've never had a company before. So really it's the birth of the company and the growth of the company is um a, a ju- dual uh relationship between Farouk and I.
2: It's it's incredible now when you think about it because, of course, you're going back to British Dance Edition with Itmoy and your work yeah. has been seen in platforms all over the world. And, of course, Farouk and you continue to have this incredible producing relationship. I just want to go back to Kash for a minute because Kash was a very major group work. And um, I remember it very clearly and I remember very much you feeling that it was going to be the last work you were going to make with you on stage <laughs> with a group. Wow. Yeah, um I remember memory. you telling me that. Yeah. Um and I think really it I mean you weren't in Bahok, you weren't in Vertical Road. This beginning of this separation if you will of Akram the dancer who's also in the group choreography and Akram outside of the work seems to have started around that time. Do I remember yeah. that correctly? Yeah. So go back to that time. What what was that for you? Because of course you've kept dancing and you've done other many many other projects, but ha- what what happened there?
3: I think I I, I I I became more fascinated by choreographing. It wasn't just about being a performer. And um, uh, especially when, really, the the bug came into me when I did the duet with Sidi Larbi. um, Which is still on my
2: top ten list (laughs) of the most sensational works I've ever seen, ever. Yes.
3: It was was really um, a pivotal moment for me, um, working, you know, um, collaborating with such a dear friend.
2: Uh, this is the duet Zero Degrees Zero that you degrees. and C.D. Lardby Chakawi made together. Yeah, well,
3: four of us, Anthony Gormley and Nitin. I was, it was say, a, yes, yeah.
2: that's right, with Nitin Sani, the composer, and Anthony Gormley, the visual artist. And um, I remember also about that, uh, this was a few years after, Cash had already been made and Ma had already been made, right? Yes. And, and your yours and Lardby's names were on everybody's tongues, everybody's lips at that time. Mm. And... Um, I guess it was one of those interesting things where, you know, where does the motivation for that come from? So, I'm sorry, go back back to you talking no, about the creation f- of that and how that changed your performer-choreographer relationship.
3: Completely, because it, it you know, Larbi and I have um, a lot of empathy for each other. And uh, we have a lot of parallel likes and dislikes. And I remember the first month, we just didn't go into the studio. We were so lazy. We just said, let's get <laughs> to know each other. So you know, we had a list like, okay, um, we had a list like, okay, Akram, I want you to see this film. Let's go to the cinema and watch this one. Let's go and see this. Um, let's go and listen to this concert. Um, and I had a list as well. And this was all in Belgium, in in Belgium. And so we just spent a lot of time. We spent a bit of time in the studio because we felt guilty. (laughs) So people were giving free studio, you know, this was in Ghent. Guy Cools was, um, very kindly giving us his space and we were spending a month. But, um, I think it was an incredible time because we learned so much about each other and that love became the the basis of the work um, and it's very rare. I've, I've not heard of two choreographers working together, especially at the beginning of an explosion of their career. It doesn't happen very often. Very rare. Very so rare. the fact that we were working together, we, we reali- I, reali- I felt this guy could give me something that I cannot do alone and I presumed that he felt the same and so in a way there was this real duality but also exchange and we also knew that we didn't want the piece to be an Akram Khan piece or a City Larbi piece because then we could have done it on our own right the beauty of collaboration is when it's a symbiotic kind of coming together of two worlds but you can't say they're two worlds it's a new world out of those two separate worlds it's a new birth mm-hmm. Some
2: being bigger than the parts. Yes. Mm.
3: And I think Zero Degrees was, for for me, kind of that, really. And that really made me feel... Because it was really beautiful, because when Larbi was dancing, I could sit out as a choreographer. When I was dancing, he could sit out as a choreographer. And this sense of shifting from being the dance performer and choreographer, Bug came into me through that process. Mm -hmm. And it was dangerous at the same time, because... You know, during the show, sometimes Larby and I, when I'm moving in the show, he would s- switch out and be the observer. Like, ah, oh, maybe we need to change this. Maybe you know, the choreographer had stepped in, and for me too, while
2: well, the performance was going on. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And you could see that and feel that, probably.
3: Yes, I, I would say a very good performer in the audience would tell, you know, that okay, they're not they're not completely in it at certain moments. Or I wasn't, for sure. Um, And that kept on happening more and more Mm -hmm. through, as we were doing more and more Zero Degrees touring, I kept on stepping out, for sure, and uh, saying, well, you know, maybe we could, while I was in the show. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really different to this friend of mine, Israel Galvan, who I'm about to work with, um, where he is completely in. He's fiercely in. He's a choreographer. He's very different to Larbi and I because he's a choreographer on his own body. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. That's solely what he does. He invests everything in his own body. His entire creation comes out of his body. And that's something I used to do up till the early period of 2000. And then uh, Zero Degrees, Gaj, um, Ma, and Zero Degrees was the transition where I started shifting away from my body. And so Desh has Return back to my body somehow.
2: In between all that, mm. um, there's the the collaboration with Larbi. Obviously, a lot of people saw that. And then all of a sudden, there were all these other ideas of people that you would work with. Each of them very, very different. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, we all know that you had a, a, a few years of working with Juliette Binoche, mm. uh, the world-class ballerina Sylvie Guillem. Mm-hmm. Neither of these people are choreographers. No. So the relationship, again, is different than yes. what Larbi was and what it will be, I imagine, with Israel Galvan. Yeah. Um, again, you're, you're the dancer, you're the choreographer, you're the creator, you're the director. So each of those experiences, I imagine, are quite different.
3: Extremely different. Um, and that's the reason I do them. If, 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 if it was working with another choreographer who was very similar to Larbi, um, then I would rather work with Larbi. You know, and uh, um, f- for you know, with working with Sylvie it was the ballet body uh, that I was fascinated by, and um, and also her, you know, she's such an incredible artist performer. Um, with Juliette Binoche, it was the f- the film world that I wanted to really kind of experience. Um, but it, you know, we we didn't quite know where we were going with that project because it was so. That was the f- that was the most um, riskiest project, I would say because it was it, you know this this was an actress um who who you know was training to dance and it was th- the most challenging process I, I wouldn't say it was the easiest process at all but it was very rewarding i learned a lot from it about the film world um <clears throat> and and you know actors and how their world works a little bit so you know, um, it just, rem- it was interesting because my take on theater was from Peter Broke. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different experience. It wasn't at all connected to the experience I had with Juliet. It was very different. So the film world is very, film actors are very different to theater actors. And, um, you know, ju- it, yeah, that, that became very clear in the process. But I, I learned a lot from Juliet. I think she was um, extremely, extremely. Um, um motivated and powerful and you know she never gave up mm-hmm. that was that was you know she injured herself a lot because you know it's not like she's t- starting at the age of thirteen she was starting you know you know we were both um in our late thirties and starting you know it was it was and she was starting mm-hmm. a whole dance regime you know training like a professional mm-hmm. so it it was very ambitious and it was very challenging at the same time
1: That's all for this second edition of NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. Please send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at nec-cna.ca backslash podcasts. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.
0: This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.